0: Welcome everybody to the business podcast where we pour out weekly business lessons from entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. This week's episode is brought to you by me and my brand new super retreats for entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more, go to superjopardocom slash retreats. I'm your host, super Joe Pardo. And my guest today is making her dreams come true by educating consumers on credit intelligence ladies and gentlemen wherever you are right now i need you to give a big warm welcome to our guest super
1: polly bauer Woo! hey joe thank you thank
0: you polly for being here today i really appreciate you taking the time absolutely polly why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself
1: okay well um i had a blessing very young in my life at 14 years old In high school, I was done with classes early during the day, and we were in Ohio in a farm community of where the principal said, oh, you can't run around campus for two or three hours every afternoon. You can't go in study hall that long. So we need you to make a decision. We have made arrangements with banks, with hospitals, uh, with some of the businesses in town, with retail, and you decide what area you want to go work for free, and you'll get your grade. And I picked banking immediately. And I was in the right place at the right time because I met the chairman of the board of the bank the very first day that I showed up in my little banker blazer that we wore those days that said if you were an employee or not. And I was a little apprentice. And he said, we're going to start something brand new. And it's going to be very confidential. And if you will pay attention, young lady, and come into the boardroom, your job will be to sharpen the pencils. Sweep the floor, pour the coffee, keep your mouth shut, and listen to what's going on. So I had such a blessing that he would consider even having me in the room to observe. And that bank was starting to launch a new Bank of card So I have been at this since day one at 14 years old where they put out credit cards. I got so excited and just took in everything I possibly could so that I could learn, what is this about? How are people going to shop in the future? Oh, my gosh, could this happen when you're in China or some other city? And it just kind of completely stole my heart. I spent the next year and a half at the bank learning everything I could learn. Uh, Now that most of the board of directors is deceased, I can share that the janitor uh, would meet me after school, I'd ride my bike and he would let me take the manuals home at night. So after band practice and after homework and after all the chores at home, I could go through the books and I could read about the basics of how credit card systems worked and how the networks worked and what happened from an issuing bank and an acquiring bank. And and I just thought, this is magic. This is like Star Wars. I can't believe how my life is going to change. And that's where I have spent the last 40 years of my life
0: wow <laughs> <laughs> that is that is incredible so so this would so i mean most people would make this like a joke like oh, i'm as old as credit cards or, or something like this that would be like a like an old as dirt type of joke and and here you you literally were there for the that was the first credit card like ever
1: yeah yeah bank americard i have the original pin a bank America card from when i graduated from high school they gave me a pin
0: Wow. That is that. Wow. Not many, very few people could probably say that. Uh, and, and how, like, so what, why was this happening in your area? Like you said you grew up in Ohio. So like, why was this in Ohio?
1: Well, it was a bank that had uh, kind of bid to, to work with the card associations and to, I helped get the cards out in the community. I can remember I got to follow, you know, with my little bank bag and and taking notes, I got to follow some of the bankers as they went in to see merchants and talk to merchants about we are going to allow you. uh, If you apply and if you qualify and if you have the right amount of money in a bank, uh, we will allow you to accept this new method of payment, which is called a credit card. Joe, you're probably not old enough to remember this, but... When this first happened, there was a paper book that if somebody uh, had a card that was stolen or a card that was closed down for some reason, you could flip through that paper book and look up the number. The print was so small, I don't know how anybody could see it. But if you were a merchant and you took a credit card that was in that book, you weren't going to get paid. Um, And, you know, it was such a learning experience. Uh, Fast forward, I've been so blessed because I I had the opportunity, which I'm still loving to this day, I had the opportunity to learn from the bank side of the business when they issued cards, how they did the underwriting and how people had to qualify. I got to learn from the merchant side of business what it meant to a merchant. To accept a payment and accept a card and what the pricing was, I got to learn the technology. Where This has just expanded and, and changed so much. But can you imagine in the 60s thinking that you were in a little town in Ohio and you could take this card and in the future you could shop in China and that transaction would happen? It is just a magical uh, – people now just take it for granted. They really don't, you know, they don't even think about, oh, of course, I take my card and I'm traveling around the world. And, of course, money just moves from point A to point B. But it's such an involved, intricate system. So, And I'm blessed because I get to meet with the card associations once a quarter now. And I sit on a board with MasterCard Visa, American Express, Discover Diners, and JCB. And I still get to talk with them about business and how it works. And uh, so I've got a great life.
0: I, you know, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. We do take it for granted. I don't re- actually ever ever seeing the the book. I mean, the book that you're talking about sounds familiar. Like, like it would make sense, um, that there would be a book printed with all the numbers not to use. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually. I, mean, I, I, I obviously I grew up in the time where they were like knuckle know, busters. To do, yeah. yeah, the the, yeah. the slider thing. So, um, in fact, we have one of those at our shop for. Uh, for a number of years, up until the you know until it was just like, "Oh, just slide the card right. um so uh, so yeah, so uh so okay, so how did that translate like take me past, okay, so you grew up and y- you were at a right place, at the right time for you to learn a whole bunch of stuff about banking and about uh credit cards in the future and and how People were just going to take this for granted, like a light switch, and we're and really mad when it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Like, why doesn't this just work? Um, what, what was the next step that you took that, that kept you in banking and kept you in the credit industry?
1: Well, I, you know, I'm a very blessed person. So um, I went to Ohio State University and got to work in the banking industry there while I was growing up and going to college and then got married and raised a family. And then we had the opportunity to work overseas. And every military base that we went to had a bank that was run by American Express. So because I had some background in credit cards and American Express, most people don't know, was the first card ever. MasterCard and Visa, um, they kind of evolved. It was Bank AmeriCard, then it became Visa in the 60s. But American Express was around way before that time. So I was really lucky that when we worked in Europe, I would go to the American Express, run banks and apply and get to stay in the banking and work in that industry. And then when we went to Asia, it was the same situation. I then came back to the U.S. and thought, hmm, what do I want to do? how do I want to work and how do I want to continue in this industry? I felt I knew the banking side. I knew the issuing side from the banks, the people that loan you the money and give you the cards. I knew the processing side, but I really wanted to dig in the merchant side. And at that time in the seventies, I kind of set my goals that I wanted to be an expert in all phases of transactions. Well, that would mean that I would need to work in the merchant industry for a long time and learn how merchants did business and learn what the processes were. Um, I had an opportunity to consult for a small little company um, in St. Petersburg called the home shopping network. I was interviewed and did some consulting with them. And as things happened, I love what I do. Um, And I knew that I could contribute to that company. And 12 years later, I retired as president and CEO of the Home Shopping Network Credit Corporation, where we put out the credit card and we managed a very large portfolio of sales. So I spent the next 12 years learning what the merchants needed to know. So I had the bank issuing side under my wing. I had the bank acquiring, which is the processing side. I'd learned that side. Then I spent overseas. I knew how to do business in Asia, how to do business in Europe and how it was different than doing business in the US both of those areas um really think differently about credit than we do in the US and then the opportunity happened to be at HSN which really i mean let's be honest about it i was a woman who had it all joe I had access to gold and diamonds and gemstones 24 hours a day. I could go to the showrooms. I could see the things that were happening. I could buy. Luckily, I was smart enough to save my money and not spend too much being in a shopping network. And I had credit background. Now, God can't get any greater than that, than a woman with credit in a shopping environment. So that that really was where I decided, you know what? This is the perfect place for me to be. What? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, that uh that that is really incredible. So you started out with consulting for them?
1: Uh I did. I started wow. out consulting and then they gave me the opportunity to to run their division.
0: That I mean that that is I mean that is incredible. I I think that um you know, from a perspective of Having this this rich background of of credit or or really just any expertise, taking it to to a to a place like H. Now at the time H was HSN as big as it was say towards like you know the end of the nineties, uh, early two thousands. And well, yeah, today?
1: yeah, I went to work for them in nineteen eighty eight as a consultant, and I left there uh, close to two thousand. So they've been a billion dollar company for a long time.
0: Wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I I mean, that, that is awesome. Now let's talk about, um, your, your experience after leaving HSN.
1: Well, you know, I thought I'd retire and that lasted about six days. Uh, I just, (laughs) I just couldn't stay out of the industry. And I had a phone call from uh, a merchant who said, I really can't figure out what my cost is. Um, could you help me figure out what, my, what I'm really paying on my transactions? Because these these statements are so complicated. And I said, sure. So I gave them a consulting proposal and worked for them for a period of time. And then within like a week and a half, I had two other people contact me, and I was referred by one of the card associations to help out, and I realized I really could help educate merchants. Um, Merchants had a concept of, you know, the card associations were the bad guys, and they were costing them so much for each transaction. So I wanted to educate them. I wanted to teach them how to read their statements. I wanted to do an analysis of what they were paying and see if I could help them save some money. I wanted to make sure they could accept all kinds of cards. So then I started my consulting business in 1999. And uh, gosh, it's soon to be 22 years that I've been consulting for merchants um, and some wonderful merchants that refer me, Uh, to other large companies, as well as small business. I do a lot of volunteer work for Small Business Administration and talk to merchants about credit cards and the cost of taking them and why they need to take them and how to protect themselves from fraud and how to beef up their security. So, you know, my husband would tell you, gosh, don't ask her to cook a meal because she can't do that very well. (laughs) But when it comes to cards and payments, um, you know, that's truly what I love. And that's what then developed last year into our podcast
0: uh so
1: <laughs>
0: so sorry uh so okay so so here here's a question here's a credit question for you cuz is you know having a lot of business owners listen to this show and um and I don't think it's as big of a deal now as it was say like 5 10 12 years ago um you know people that don't take american express right we all know they charge higher premiums, et cetera et cetera, but i remember when stripe and uh yeah when uh when stripe was it stripe and uh mm-hmm. square square first came out, I was like they're gonna they get the flat rate no matter what card you take. why would you not move to this this to me, this makes sense, so maybe you could you dispel some like my per, you know maybe misperceptions of why, um, somebody wouldn't just, Hey, Hey, I'll, I'll take American express too, because there was a lot of times where, uh, you know, working in my family's business, I had an American express card, which funny story. I actually have it uh, I might still have the card laying around where it said member since 1986, which is yeah. ironic. Cause that's the year I was born in. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> wow. yeah, right. I had a card from the, from day one. Uh, no, it was, it was my, uh, my grandfather's card, uh, for the business and they transferred it into my name, uh, uh, a little while after he, he had passed. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's funny cause it, it's funny cause I had a card, you know, since, since birth, but, um, but yeah, so what's, what's the pros and cons to say, yeah, you know, maybe my merchant account, um, is charging me, uh, at a, a higher rate for, for American express, which I don't know if they st- probably still do, but, but it's been a while since I've checked. Um versus like going with a square where it's like hey, it's a flat fee, or even PayPal, which is a slightly higher fee, but still flat,
1: right, okay, let's break it down into a couple things first of all, um American Express made an announcement last week that for the first time in history, they are dropping their discount rates for merchants um and and it's a very big savings. I did a research study about a year ago on what kind of cards you take and how you can drive volume by taking that card. And in the case that I did for the case study, we saw a 42% lift from a merchant that was accepting American Express. Yes, they were always more expensive, sometimes double as much as MasterCard and Visa, but that as of last week has changed and they're now going to be more competitive. So I had a rule of thumb when I worked at Home Shopping Network and I got it from the chairman of the board when he said to me, "Buses Hardy he was from New Orleans. He walked in the door, he goes, darling, Do we take this card, this card, this card? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, I don't care if we take a show oil card. Make it easy for the customer to buy. And that stuck in my mind for over 30 years. Make it easy for the customer to buy and let the customer use whatever they want. Now, if you're a startup merchant, if you have no history, if you're brand new, if you have a, you know, maybe you're in what is considered a little bit higher risk business, like business in a box, that kind of thing, then it might be a good idea for you to start with a group that would, like Square, that kind of approves everybody across the board and, and now there's a couple of things you give up with that. The good news if you're a startup is it's a place for you to get your feet wet. It's a place for you to get some kind of history. Yes, it's a flat rate but it's not all about the rate. If you're bigger, if you're online, if you're like you are a speaker and an author and you run conferences, um, then as you get bigger, I recommend that merchants develop a relationship with a processor who understands your industry. So anything online is called card, not present business. And if you're going to get a processor, make sure they're a leader, in the card not present business. And you can email me at poly at polyabauer.com and I'll give you two or three of them to talk to. If you're growing your business and you have some history, then you want to be able to have a partner that represents your industry, that understands and doesn't panic when you have some returns or some chargebacks, that gives you the kind of security you need so that if you have a hack and, you know, I, I say this all the time and people get upset it's not if your systems are going to be hacked, it's when. And there are certain things that merchants need to have and have in place and notifications and things that have to happen to help you drop fines and fees if a hack happens. So to start, yes, I think Square is a good place to start. PayPal's always a good solution. It's a little bit more expensive in some cases. But if you're a podcaster, there's some great reasons to use um PayPal and to offer PayPal for some of the things that are out there. If you're growing your business a little bit more online, you're getting a bigger presence, you're doing webinars, seminars, conferences, then I think you want to have a relationship with someone who understands your business. There is a solution for everybody, but don't only think about cost. Um, You need to have a partner if there's a problem. If there's a hack, you better have a bank behind you that's going to go to battle for you with the card associations to keep your fines and your fees down. If there's a problem with some security or something comes up on your system, something that you had thought you put everything in place to protect. But, um, you know, some bad things happen sometimes and bad things happen during the night. People get really excited and go, wow, look at the sales I did at two o'clock in the morning. Hello. Beep. That ought to warn you that that's out of pattern and you want to have a partner that will back you and support you and not freeze your funds or not immediately turn you off. You know, some of the companies that charge just a flat rate, they're not going to take risk with you. They're not going to go to battle for you against the card group. So startups, yep, it's a good place to start. As you grow a little bigger, then I think you really want to have a partner.
0: I I would agree. I mean, I know PayPal was always quick with their their itchy – uh, uh, suspend button, you know, like, Oh, you, you, you got $10,000 come into your PayPal account. Suspend. Yeah. You can wait 30, 45 days, 60 days before we'll clear it. Um, and, and sometimes that's not a big deal. Sometimes that's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, they, they're trying to protect themselves cause you know, a number they're a number one. So, uh, I I think that that is a, a really good, uh, set of of outlook for for people and and I know I mean I've had those conversations with my banker uh you know to say like hey you know we have we have these these fee you know um these opportunities for you to to, uh, to you know take credit cards on your website and and take credit cards as a business and and all that and I you know I look at the fees and I'm like whoa that seems really pricey but now that you're they they weren't framing it like you were Polly so I I appreciate that Absolutely Um so, uh, you know, how did your your family take it when you were like, I- "I'm gonna start up a podcast"?
1: <laughs> They're like, "You're what? <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: What's what's a podcast?"
1: Right. So, um, you know, during that time, I was in Texas, and I was going to be doing some consulting for Home Shopping Network. I kind of laid out my goals and said, "Okay, where do I want to be, and what do I want to do later in my lifetime?" And I really wanted to be able to be of service to issuing banks, acquiring banks, processors. I don't have any agreements with the processor, but I do a lot of uh, lobbying on their behalf and helping and support processors in various committees that I sit on. I wanted to be there for merchants so merchants could get an education and understand. I wanted to keep my consulting business going. And I thought, you know, I want to leave a legacy. And the one area I had not touched on was consumers, And gosh, I was a single mom who put her daughter through school the first semester with only enough money in the savings account for one semester. I have been scared to death that I wasn't going to have enough money to pay the bills that month. It's just I'm like everybody else. You know, and I go back and go, how can you have 40 years in this industry and you have those months? And how can I tell my family I am going to continue to consult? I am a keynote speaker and I do speak for major corporations and I do a lot of speaking. And volunteering for small business administration. But my love is in the podcasting. I want to teach and I want to grow. And I was blessed to meet Neil. And I said, okay, here's the deal. The next 20 years, I really want to give back to the community. And I really want to educate. There's no place to do it. You can't go to college and learn about credit cards and how it works in financial literacy. You can't learn it in high school. I even did some presentations to some states to see if they would put it on the curriculum of the schools, and they don't, and they weren't interested. So I do some volunteers volunteering at the school systems and, and go in and teach some of the kids some of the basic credit card information they need to know. But um, I met Neil. He said, really, you're a corporate woman, and really, you want to do podcasting? Do you have an idea of what this is going to take? And I said, would you be my coach? and from wildstyle media and he has been a fabulous coach and uh we work together and we record together i have got the best group of listeners at swipe the podcast.com and our swipe the podcast facebook they ask me questions that are important to them and we gear our shows around them and you know you know you've had a good day when you get a telephone call and i promised the woman that i would not share her name but I got a telephone call and the woman was gasping and I thought, oh my gosh, somebody's crying. Something's happened. Somebody's passed away. And she said, I just called to say thank you. Um, you gave me some advice. I'm, I'm, I'm full disclosure. Uh, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving financial advice. I'm telling you and sharing my expertise with you. Kind of the wise grandmother in the credit world, your, your personal credit card queen is that be. Um, And she said, I have to tell you, I was concerned about how I was going to interact with one of my credit card companies. I have three little boys I'm raising by myself. And Polly, Um, this month, I had $100 that I could spend on groceries to feed my kids. And what you told me to do with the credit card companies, they did. And that's when I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be here paying it forward. And I'm supposed to be helping families that need hope, that worry that don't sleep, that are concerned about how we're going to make it and how do I communicate to a card company. And uh, they need a grandmother to talk to. They need somebody to say, hey, what do you know about this? Can you give me some hope and what should I do? So uh, that made it worthwhile. And my husband said, oh, I guess you're in this for the long haul. He said, have you ever known me not to be in something for the long haul? So, So I'm blessed and we love our podcast.
0: I I absolutely love that. So you're going to make me cry over here. Um, (laughs) you know, that is, that is very, um, touching and, and I know, you know, from personal experiences getting to, to help inspire other people in, in other ways and, um, it makes it, it, it makes everything that we do as we do it. It doesn't matter if it's podcasting or, or anything. Um, so so much more worth it, right? Because yes. like for one for every one person that will call or tell you that there's there, there could be you know a hundred to a thousand plus people that that don't call and tell you that. And um, you know, if if nothing else, you've helped you know, uh, one one family uh to to make it uh you know through a month and and have money to uh to, to spend on food which is yes. kind of important i mean very you know, you know people like to, to throw around how money's the root of all evil i i, I believe the root of all evil is is food because we can live without money like i could live on the street for nothing like literally no to money at all but i'm not gonna live very long if i don't eat right like that uh that's a that's a, a piece where you you can't get away with you can't um you know sacrifice on and of course my my great-grandmother always used to say you know don't go cheap when it comes to your stomach so uh i i kind of take that to heart, to heart as <laughs> i well. love that i love that i love that <laughs> uh, yep we're
1: here we're here to make a difference lots of people have been good to us we've all been blessed and we're here to pay it forward i
0: i absolutely love that and anyone who listens to the show for any amount of time will, will know that 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 means a lot uh to to me uh and and having a mission so and helping people um so polly i this might be a difficult question for you to answer but what is your hobby outside of loving credit
1: wow wow <laughs> Well, I tried gardening, and my husband said both of my thumbs were really black, and I was killing everything in the yard, so I stopped doing that. But what I am doing is I'm uh, taking some classes on how to um, arrange fresh flowers, and um, I'm learning through some of the churches in the area. And one day you learn, you know, how to clean a vase. And the next day you learn how to prune flowers to get them to live. And, and the greatest part is I get to go and deliver some of these fresh flowers to the nursing homes and the hospitals and, and see the smiles on people's faces. So I thought, well, if I can't grow them because I keep putting them in the ground and they keep going, oh, no, I can't do this, then I'm going to enjoy it from the other end. So I've really started kind of working with that recently. And uh, you got to have a break. You got to have some play time. And my husband will tell you I'm not really good at play, so I'm trying to learn to master, to to take some more time and, and just relax and enjoy. But you know what? I love what I'm doing, so my podcast is playtime for me. I know my family doesn't see it that way, but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm giving flowers to people that I can put smiles on their faces.
0: Oh, I, I love that. I, I love that. Um, and I love that you found a way to do it, even if you can't grow anything. I, <laughs> I personally don't try to grow anything or cook anything for that matter. So we're both in the same boat.
1: Uh, <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Stuff, that kind of stuff. Um, so, Polly, what's been your biggest roadblock over the years for you?
1: Um, wow. Um, My biggest roadblock... Sometimes was you know, when things got tough, I started to not believe in myself as much. Maybe my self-worth or self-esteem went down a little bit. I forget that I'm a human being, and i'm I'm my number one critic, thinking, if I've got this kind of experience and these experiences happen to me, you know, you worry about, oh my gosh, I can't experience this, and what would my listeners think and what would And it's like, wait, you're a human being. You know, every human being goes through lessons in life, and that's how you grow. And that's how you stretch. So, um, you know, I'm not used to putting my hands on something and it takes a long time for it to grow or a long time to get listeners. So I have to learn to be patient and I have to learn that if I give 100 percent and then I turn it over to the divine, that it's then going to unfold the way it's supposed to.
0: You know, patience is a, it's a virtue, uh, (laughs) but, but it's, it's very, is difficult. I mean, I know for me, I, you know, I, uh, I, I take after my grandfather in that sense where he'd be like, great, we're going to rebuild this whole like area of the shop and we're going to do it. Um, it's, you know, it's Friday afternoon. We'll have this done by Saturday night and (laughs) you know, and it's like, well, you know, this could take like a couple of weeks, uh, for a couple of people to do. And it's like, no, 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 we're going to do this now. I, you know, even the studio. Uh, I know you can see Polly, but the studio that uh, I'm in right now, uh, I used to be downstairs in, in in a different room until I gave it up for uh, for our kids to have a playroom downstairs, uh, mainly for my sanity. So all the toys had a place to go instead of our theater room. Um, but you know, I was I was like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna like get all these tables up here, and you know, I had my friend come over and and or uh, you know my brother come over and and help me pull this stuff up, and um, you know, within a day or so, it was it, it was kind of together. Uh, I put that in quotes, but um, but yeah, patience is is it's tough. It's something I've had to learn over the course of you know my life uh how how to have patience i think i've gotten better at it um in some ways and in some ways like i've i've you know what it is polly i think i think it's about it's it's getting better at discerning what to have patience with right like yes. what's what really matters like is it going to matter if this is like one day longer or a week longer versus this is has to happen today and i know for me personally you know, putting together a goal calendar, not even, like, by day by day, but just, like, having, like, four goals a month that, like, if I accomplish these four things, I won't feel – I won't be off track for what, like, the goal – like, for say, for MapCon, right? I got to get all these things done. But if I if I don't put them down, then I always feel like it's sitting over my head. I got to get it done. And then right. I have no patience. And then my my no patience turns into stress. And my stress turns into a bad time. And then no one's having a good time. Right. So, I, you know, do you feel that – do you find that that's the same with you as far as, like, learning to gain patience uh, is more uh, about, like, discerning the important from the unimportant?
1: Well, if you spoke to my mother now, which she's passed to the other side, so that would be difficult. My mother would tell you when they're passing out patience, Polly was not in line. So I haven't mastered that yet, but my husband, bless his heart – taught me a skill that's really helped me. I have a little book in my office called a gratitude journal. And all day long, when something happens, that's wonderful. um, I'm grateful for it. And when something happens that may not be wonderful, there's still a lesson. So I stop and I write it down. Then before I go to bed at night, I read everything that I'm grateful for. And that kind of takes the ego out of life. And it also tells me, look at the wonderful things that have happened to you today. So you set a goal to do four things before the day was over. You accomplished two, but look at the other blessings you did on the other side. So I travel with my little gold gratitude, gratitude journal everywhere I go and I keep it on my desk and that's made a big difference. So, you know, as wives, we can learn from our husbands as well. They can teach us a lot.
0: You know, of all the episodes I've done, I've never heard anyone talk about a gratitude journal. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I, 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 I don't know if I'll be able to implement that anytime soon, but um, I definitely uh, will put that in my Evernote to, to implement at some point in my life when I have a little bit more time to throw around. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, Polly, before there was credit, what was the childhood dream?
1: Oh, that was simple. I knew at seven years old I was going to be the first woman to fly with the Blue Angels. Um I was going to own my own farm and I was going to work in Italy and speak at least 3 languages. <laughs> wow. And I didn't do any of those. Well, I did, you know, was in Italy for a little while, but I couldn't speak three languages.
0: Well, yeah, yeah you did you did the traveling thing, you did get to fly a lot and uh you know, th- those are those are things that you did.
1: Yep, yep. Oh, everything I did's been great. And, and, and there's still more great things to come.
0: And you literally speak the money language. So, and that's not I'm not talking about English either. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there's a lot to be said for that as as just being financially uh not just financially literate but being able to speak it in in a way that um people can understand it. And you might need a translator, but hey, money can buy a translator. So what what the <laughs> hey, right? There you go.
1: Well, think about think about this. Think about how much more we can do for people if we have the funds, the cash and the resources to help other people. So I heard you say a little earlier that, you know, there's the thought of money is the root of all evil. I try to look at money. uh, Of course, credit's a little different than cash, but try to look at money like how can I make things better someplace else? And if I was successful at this and had the additional cash to do it, how can I keep that energy going? How can I make a difference in this area um, and helping in another area? So I've changed the way I've looked at money over the years, too.
0: You know, I um, yeah, I would agree. Money to me is is more of a tool than anything. Um, it is. And and it's, it, it, you know, sometimes it's tough because. You it's easy to get spoiled by 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 having an abundance of money, um, especially if you're you're only used to having a certain amount and then all of a sudden you have a lot more at your disposal. And it, it's very easy. Like it's like walking into a casino. Right. And getting that first hit of like, hey, I won. Well, oh, yeah, maybe I should pull again, because if I pull again, maybe I'll get, you know, maybe if I go another round on the roulette table, maybe I'll win well Again. the casino's
1: hoping you'll do that <laughs> yeah ex- absolutely
0: absolutely so i you know it's uh being able to to learn to 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 have patience and, and at the same time have that uh literacy is is phenomenal um it, you know to be able to balance like how much you should be spending and what you shouldn't, shouldn't do, and then hey, sometimes we still make mistakes. I know sure I've no, I've made mistakes. <laughs> I could, I could talk about all the mistakes. Well, but... and you've got to
1: do the forgiveness part too. And you know, with cash or credit, the key is be responsible. And being responsible means you have the ability to respond if there is an emergency or something happens. You can't do that if you don't have money available in your credit card, and you can't do that if you don't have cash in a savings account. So if you think about taking responsibility, this money was given to me for a period of time to use, and I need to be responsible with it. Um, Same thing with credit. I need to leave at least 25 to 30 percent of my credit line open at all times, more if you possibly can, and pay it off in full so that I can take responsibility if I need to respond.
0: Yep. I, I would agree. And I haven't always lived by that. Uh, I try to, it's, but you know, that there is also something to be said for, um, learn, like growing, right? Like there's, there's always that growth period. I mean, whether it's with business or even personal where it's like, you know, you look at something like, okay, we're gonna buy. If you, on the personal end, like buying a house, right? Like you are gonna stretch yourself financially uh, in some in some ways to make that jump, right? But but so a lot of times it's that fire that gets lit under you to push you to be like, okay, now I am gonna make this happen, right? Because I, I I don't have a choice. Like I am not I right, am right. not going back to where I came from. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's not the way back. The way back is to go forward. So, um, or in business, like making that jump to like, hey, I am gonna get a bigger building all right sure. well you know yeah you might have to eat it stretch. for a little while and stretch sure. and sure. and save up to that before you could just be like okay um if this doesn't work everything i've worked for and everything i've done is just going to be sunk because that's that's not great either you're betting the you're going to the casino you might as well go to the casino yeah. at that point you'll have more fun that way you get free drinks um <laughs> so polly <laughs> what's been your dream or what's been what is your dreams for the future
1: My dreams for the future is to have a successful podcast where there are thousands and thousands of people that learn something, even a credit tip, uh, once a week that makes a difference in their lives, and to get our webinars going, which we're going to be doing during the summer, uh, doing some keynoting where I can really connect with an audience and, and enjoy being out there with those folks and having this fabulous team from Swipe the Podcast that stays part of our heart and our joy. And also... My dream is to learn to play a little more. So I'm making the decision I'm coming into Philly early to see you for MapCon so we can go to dinner or lunch and have a little playtime.
0: I would absolutely love to do that. So let's 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 make that happen. I will make the reservations.
1: All right.
0: All right. So Polly, how can people connect with you?
1: Uh, you can connect to us for um for Facebook on Swipe the Podcast, which is on Facebook. That's a private group where you can have confidentiality, contact us, ask questions. Also, you can go to swipethepodcast.com and scroll down to subscribe and then leave us your email address if you're interested in a free newsletter. We don't sell your information or share it with anybody. I'm in the credit industry, so I'm really concerned about security. So you can follow us on Twitter and we would love to hear from you. Uh, I brought some guests on uh, last month that are in our audience from swipe the podcast that had some stories they wanted to share and they were absolutely fabulous as guests. So please join us and follow us and we're there to support you and serve you and let us know what you want to know. What are your burning credit questions?
0: Absolutely. If I thought I was a, a guest on the show as well, I don't know if that will be out by the time this comes out. Um, but if it's not, you you will definitely hear about it if you follow uh, the blog and and follow Facebook and all that stuff. But anyway, Polly, Super Polly, it has been absolutely phenomenal having you here on the business podcast. Thank you so much. And I would absolutely love to have you on again. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode?
1: Yeah. Remember your name is very valuable and your credit can be controlled by you. So I want to leave you with the thought, stay smart make good decisions when you use your credit card and stay credit savvy. Thanks, Joe.
0: Thank you. And if you've enjoyed this episode or got something out of it, I hope you have. I know I have, uh, you know, feel free to just share this with somebody that you know, or love. That's all that I could ask personally, reach out to them um, and, and let them know that this episode's there. Any one of the other 340 some plus episodes of the business podcast, As I said in the beginning, this episode is brought to you by me, Super Joe Pardo, and my brand new Super Retreats for Entrepreneurs and Business Owners. You can learn more at superjoepardo.com slash retreats. And uh, they're they're going to be focusing on business growth, and they're going to be literally all over the country. Uh, we already have the first twelve booked uh, booked out for us uh, for the first year. So I'm I'm super pumped to get these out and and in every, into everybody's hands. Uh, so the information in everybody's hands, so they can find out more about what they can learn, how they can grow. And, uh, and how they can connect and network with some amazing people at some incredibly unique mansions from across the country. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Super Polly, and I will see you all next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234
1: Solutions, LLC.